And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Smoke and Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokeandTobacco.com, and tonight I'm joined by Smoke and Tobacco's own... Uh, uh, sorry, I I see a... I totally just botched that whole intro. I got distracted. I got a phone call <laughs> from my sister, and I'm just like, oh, what's this? Uh, I'm joined with uh, our very own Nelson DeMello from Smoking Tobacco, but we are also joined by our very special guest, uh, Mr. Tom Lazuka of Asylum 13 Cigars. Gentlemen, thank you for being here with me tonight, and welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you for having. Yeah, thanks for having us, Matt. Yeah, no problem. So I, um, I'm gonna jump right into it, and uh, let's talk about what we're smoking first. Um, I'm gonna bring this up. I'm, I'm in the producer's chair again. I'm starting to get a hang of it. Nicole hasn't been here for a little bit, but I'm starting to figure it out. Um, Tom, I'll let you go first. You're our, our honorary guest of the night. So what are uh, what are you smoking with us tonight? I am actually smoking. I don't know if you can see it too well. The lighting's not great where I'm at, but uh, uh, I'm smoking the new CLE Signature Cameroon in the uh, Toro size. Ooh. Interesting. Nelson, what do you so got? So I'm, I'm not even smoking an asylum. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, at least it's a CLE, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm in it's under family. the umbrella. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nelson, what do you got going on over there? You got some Corojo? I got an Asylum 13 Corojo 6x60. Um, you know, I was telling Tom a little bit uh, before we started, I, I've been saving this sucker uh, for a year in an aging box, and it's it's just smoking amazing to I think the ash, the first ash that fell off, weighed a pound, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a it's a great smoke. <laughs> what do you what are you smoking, Matt? Um, so I am smoking the Asylum Thirteen Ogre seventy by uh, seven by seventy, uh, and according to our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com, you can grab this cigar for ten dollars and twenty nine cents, or you can grab a box of them for two seventy three ninety nine, and that's at the number two guys cigars dot com um yeah i just uh you know when you hear asylum and if you're a regular cigar smoker and you know cigars and you know the name asylum 13 what's the first thing you think of big fucking cigars um uh, and <laughs> and we're gonna we're totally gonna get into that tonight with tom on the show um but you know i just i had a i had a lineup of stuff that i had some pandemoniums um i have one of the six inch by 80 uh, I had this, and then I had a seven by seventy Asylum Nine um, that I picked up from somewhere. I cannot disclose where, because um, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, Tom. But I do have one, um, and uh, I was deciding I went with the Ogre because I would say, um, out of all the bigger sticks from Asylum, this is probably my favorite. It's not something I smoke all the time, because um, I while I do enjoy it, it is a little bit of a commitment, and I never want to. Like get halfway through and then just be like, oh, I'm done because I don't want to waste it because I always I'm one of those people like I feel bad, like not finishing a cigar. It's weird, but I just I'm like, I got to smoke no, every ounce of it. <laughs> you know, that's one of the reasons I like the asylums, actually. It it It's almost like it forces me to not worry about other things. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but it forces me to smoke a cigar like instead of rushing like, oh, I only have 45 minutes. I'm going to you know bang out a Robusto. It's like, no, like the whole reason for me that I smoke a cigar is to like relieve stress, relax, go away. And the asylum sticks actually just help you do that. Like you're, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Sit down and relax. Keeps you grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, baby. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. People ask a lot because we use the funny names and, you know, we'll use like the schizo or the nectophilia or the medulla oblongatus and we come up with these names insidious and things like that but uh, you know you know the real meaning behind the brand asylum is you know the original tagline was everyone seeks asylum and it's all about that time that you take wherever it is if it's on your back porch or in your local cigar lounge or cigar bar uh it's that time you take to go unwind and kind of get away from uh you know the the stresses of life and, and just to relax you know so that's really where, what it all means and you know we hope that uh again we, we get to capture a little longer with the big cigars <laughs> so tom let me just let me just come right out and ask you where did the whole concept for the the really big vitolas and sizes really come from where did that inspiration come from so it's, it's a funny story with that is you know 
Oh, the years, you know, I've spent a lot of years on the road. I've been with Christian for 19 years, 17 years now, uh, somewhere in there. I think I started with Christian 18 years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I worked as a salesman for Camacho on the road. And then when he sold the company, I went to Davidoff. And, and obviously, then we started this company in 2012. But, uh, you know, we were not the first people to make the big ring gauge cigar. We, we, you know, were a couple guys with 70s in the marketplace. But as I would travel around the country, I always saw empty boxes. And I would ask the retailers, do they sell? They're like, yeah, but we can't get them. You know, so when me and Christian sat down and really put this plan together, I said, I want to do big rig age cigars. And he said, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) But the nice part between me and Christian is we're always trying, you know, we want an I told you so moment in our lives. Right. So wherever we're going, it's like so Christian says, I said, listen, I already ordered the bands. You need to order the, the, the molds. So he says, all right, I'm going to do it It, just to say I told you so, but this is a bad idea. And then obviously, you know, we went out on the road the first month uh, in in July uh, of 2012, and it was right before the Orlando trade show in August. And we're we're driving around and Christian selling the CLEs and it was uh, Robert Caldwell was with us at the time. We had the Winwood brand. And I remember people are like, you know, there's one specific meeting. I won't name the person, but. You know, he just kind of slid the boxes of our stuff to me and Robert and said, listen, I don't build brands. And then just turned to Christian and ordered his stuff. And we're sitting there thinking, wow, maybe we made a mistake here, you know. And and then we got into the trade show and it just absolutely exploded from day one. And Christian looked at me and said, all right, we're on to something like hire a sales team. And right away now, you know, it's just going to be me and him on the road and keep it pretty simple and uh that lasted all of about 30 days and uh next thing you know you know we're hiring uh sales people around the country and it really you know the brand has just taken off from then but it was really just seeing supply and, and so when we went to nicaragua and decided to make the asylum out of nicaragua in the beginning um we sat down in the factory and and they were bringing us different things. And I said, listen, just do not bring me anything you can't make a million cigars with the first year. No binder, no wrapper, no filler. If you can't do it, then bring me different tobacco. So we blended the best cigar we could uh, out of the available tobaccos. And, and it took off. We supplied it. And from that point on, it's just kind of we've been known as the big ring gauge company. You know, uh, sometimes it's the curse because I still have nine and a half years later. People are say, "What? Well, hey, when are you going to make a Robusto? <laughs> I've made a Robusto from day one. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> people just assume we just do big ring gauges, but we do everything, you know. So, but it's been a good ride. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think that's great because you found it's, it's, it's always successful when you find something people weren't really looking for. They didn't realize they were missing it, right? And that sounds like yeah. exactly what you did, right? You made an observation and, and turned it into a huge win. Uh, you almost, like, found the mousetrap, right, for cigars. <laughs> and, like, I, yeah. I think you've cornered the market on it, right? No one, why, at this point, now that it's been done – People can't even compete, right? I mean, you cornered the market. Yeah, I mean, it. there's a couple other good companies putting them out there. You know, uh, Agnorsa, you know, has their brand. And I think CAO does very well with the flathead line. Uh, so there's a few other companies that I think do very well with the large large ring gauge. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, George Rico, Gran Habano had a 70 uh, in the market. Uh, but, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, they're out there. For, yeah, for whatever reason, when we came in, it just uh stuck and and whether it was price uh, the cigar itself in size it just drew people to it and and it's just snowballed ever since you know today uh, the the big ring gauges are still our number one selling cigars and uh it keeps growing you know people think it's a fad it's not like that big ring gauge market continues to expand for us and uh and it's all walks of life you know, so it's been a, a pretty cool thing because, you know, we never really marketed towards anyone. It was just kind of blanket marketing and getting the brand out there. And uh, it, it's been a fun ride to watch it grow. And I know you were saying that uh, before we got on the show that you're going to have Christian on in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So please make sure you rub it into him. <laughs> the, the, the I told you so. <laughs> um, you know, I don't care if he hangs up, I'll, I'll cover 
but uh, yeah, tell him, you know, Tom said, I told you so. And I, I've got the one up on him for, uh, for at least the time being. <laughs> yeah. The, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, even Nick Perdomo uh, reintroduced the Immenso line uh, and he's got some big ring gauges too. And it was funny cause he was when uh, I think it was either right before he released it or right after he did, I, I was down in Miami and I, and I uh, earlier this year and I was with him and we were talking about it and he was like, man, he's like, you know, like honestly, like I don't get it. Like, like the big ring gauge, like it's so big. Like, I, like it's not something like. He's just like he couldn't fathom it, and then he's like, but he's like people asking for it and they're buying it, and he's like, so I mean, I gotta make it. I mean, people want to buy it, so I'm gonna make it. He's like, but I just like, he's like the big ring gauge for me. Like, it, it's just like it, it's so strange. But he's like, but they want it, so I gotta make it. <laughs> yeah, it's very. Listen, it's not traditional, you know, like. You know, we, we've been surprised that almost every step of the way. I remember uh, our distributor, we, we've got a great distributor in France named Charlie. And Charlie Sprite uh, introduced it to the duty freeze. You know, and yeah. we're thinking, okay, the Euro- European market, how are they going to react to large ring gauge? They're very traditional. And the duty freeze were like, it's the greatest launch we've ever had. Like wow. people wanted it, you know, and when you, so just when you think maybe the market doesn't want it, you know, and especially a traditional market, like the European markets, uh, they've done very well in those markets. Yeah, it's true. So I mean, it's, uh, when you look at like Cuban cigars that are, you know, obviously not sold here, but you know, they're sold over in, in Europe and Asia, obviously, you know, you look at a lot of them and you're like, wow, they make a lot of small sizes in Cubans. Like where are all like the larger size. And the reality is, is, well, they all they all smoke smaller sizes over there, and that's so that's what they make the most of. So you introduce something like this, and it is it's like an interesting experiment. And then all of a sudden, oh wow, they really want this. Um, yeah, they just didn't exist there, right? So it was something completely new to their market, and, and uh, it's taken really well. So <laughs> now I you kn- mentioned something. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Nelson. I'll let you go first. Uh, well, I was you know you mentioned something interesting, Tom, about. Um, you know, who's buying them, right? So you've never seen a certain demographic. I know you said you didn't target a certain demographic, but um, you don't find that there's a certain demographic or, you know, talking about Europe versus U.S. It's just all over the place. It's really all over the place. You know, I hear truck drivers, like you know, because they're they're great for a guy who's on the road, right? He doesn't have to keep relighting or doing another cigar. And, you know, there's different groups, uh, but, uh, you know, it's pretty much – Everywhere we go, it, you know, th- yeah, there's the occasional shop that say we can't sell big ring gauges and they're, they're very traditional. But for the most part, it doesn't matter where we go. It's been very successful. Yeah, I um, I, to me, I remember when I first saw them and I was just so intrigued and I and I didn't even like balk at them and be like, that's stupid. I was just like, <sighs> I'm like, it's just scary. I'm like, it's. <laughs> I'm like, because I feel like there's a good amount of people who would look at him and just kind of be like, oh, that's so dumb. Like, who's going to smoke a cigar? For me, it was just like, do I have what it takes, like, to smoke that? And I I remember the first one I bought, it was the 6x80, and it was a two-guy smoke shop. And it was David Garofalo actually had just come downstairs from his office just as I, I had it in my hand and I, and I was bringing it to the counter and he he looked at me and he was like, oh man, you're going to do it? And I was like, I, I don't know. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I just hope you have a lot of time because you're going to need it when you smoke yeah. that. <laughs> he's like, make sure you have a lot of time and a lot of water. He's like, but other than that, it's a good, it's a good smoke. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a funny story. I remember you know, it was probably a couple of years in, you know, it was probably five years in. And I remember Dave came to the booth at the trade show and we, we were talking and, you know, he was like, Tom, I got to tell you. And I, you know, when you came out and I thought, I'm going to start a cigar named Asylum and make 70 ring gauge cigars. I would have not have thought it would have worked, you know, and, and uh, you know, and here we are today, you know, it's, it's continues to grow. And, uh, you know, David, two guys has been a big supporter of our brands throughout the years. So thank you, David, uh, and two guys and their whole crew over there, Ed and Jimmy and all the other guys there. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just funny how it happened, you know? Yeah. I mean, they even got the, uh, the asylum, uh, segment on the cigar authority 
in which every Saturday yeah. Barry graces us with, that's not only insane, it's asylum. Shout out to Barry Stein. Uh, we love you, Barry. Um, so, <laughs> but you know what? It, it is, you know, and, and, and you're right. You know, you guys make regular standard sizes of plenty of cigars, but you're remembered for the larger sizes. Uh, and I think that that's pretty interesting because you guys have almost created your own. Um, I don't, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I would say when it comes to the the extended sizes of cigars, I feel like you guys have really uh, taken that on as as one of the top manufacturers of that market. Like I feel like most people identify Asylum um, first when they think of these larger um, cigars, and and I think that's great for you guys. And you guys have really experimented with that really well. Uh, I know you guys. You have the Pandemonium line too, which is available in three different ring gauges, but they're all. I want to say they're like eight and a half inches long. Correct. Um, yeah, we do a, a fifty-two, a sixty, and a seventy. Yeah. Uh, and those are all fun too, and you know, they're super long, especially if you go in the eighty. I mean, that that's a super long eighty uh, to to, yeah. to smoke. <laughs> um, but but they're great, and you know what? Not only. You have like that wow factor of the size when you first see it and you get all excited like wow it's big, but you actually take the time to just put that aside, and cut it and light it and smoke it. But they're not just gimmicks; like they're good cigars. There's good tobacco in there. There's good flavor. They burn pretty well, especially. To, I mean, so the, I mean the quality on them is good. So it's not like it's just a gimmick. Like oh here's a big cigar. No, these are quality cigars that are also just really large. Thank you. So I think that that's also yeah, very you. important to say. Uh, I love the Pandemonium. That. The 52 is my favorite. Yeah, the Freight Blend. The, I, I enjoy, like, a, a longer length on cigars. Like, I love A's and I love Lanceros and stuff like that. So I love the Pandemoniums. Um, I've smoked all the sizes. They're all great. I would say in terms of the length, though, the 52 is probably the, the best one uh, for me when I just <laughs> yeah. really don't want to. But I'll do the 70. No problem. Give me, like, three and a half, four hours on a Saturday. I'll I'll finish it. Um, the only other cigar yeah, that a good football cigar. it is, and I think the only other cigar that comes to mind that's similar in size would be how big is the LFD Digger? Because that's a pretty good uh, yeah, size I too. Think that is is like a sixty or fifty eight by eight eight and a half. Also, yeah. Yeah. So I mean that that's another one that's uh, that's a good size. Um, that's the only other one I can think of that's around the the same. You know, not only the length but the the ring too. Um, and I'll never forget the last time I smoked one of those. I was actually with Carney, and I was helping him with one of his events. And I was like, well, I'm going to smoke LFD today. It's an LFD event. And I just remember I walked in there at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday. And I, for some reason, my mind said, I'm going to smoke a digger today. And he looked at me, and he's <laughs> like, I, are you serious? Like, you okay? Like, what? And I'm like, really? And he's like, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you not to smoke LFD. He's like, but that's that's a hefty cigar to, to smoke during an event on a Thursday night. And I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And I just remember I got three hours in and I still had like probably like a third of it left. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can keep going, dude. It's already like nine o'clock. <laughs> uh, so they are a commitment, which is, you know, we were talking about before, you know, like Nelson was saying, you know, um, he likes how like the asylums, especially the larger cigars, they, they keep you, in that place to sit there and smoke the cigar, enjoy yeah, yourself thing. and relax instead of just being like, I'm going to rip through a Robusto or a Corona. Like, no, like you're going to smoke a larger ring gauge. It's going to keep you in that setting to just sit there and enjoy the cigar, which I think is another bonus to it too. Yeah, I think it's a great aspect of it, you know, and, and I appreciate you, you know, when you're talking about uh, the quality and, you know, in the beginning, a lot of people would always say, ah, you're just putting cheap tobacco in there and that kind of stuff. And that's just not the case. You know, it, it, there's a lot of tobacco in these cigars. And what I also want to say thank you for smoking the big ones because, you know, we do a lot of these shows and podcasts and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I've got a big one, but I just can't bring myself to smoke it. But so, so to see us on the show smoking the big one is, uh, I appreciate that. See, you know, they're going with the seventies and the bigger cigar. See, for me, it was like I knew I was smoking a big one. I just couldn't figure out which one to smoke. Um, <laughs> yeah. And now I'm kicking myself because I'm like, it would have been cool to smoke the the Asylum Nine. That would have been awesome. Um, but yeah. I, um, you know, but actually, since we bring that up, tell me a little bit about. I know that. 
if I, if I remember correctly from the stories I hear, um, like the Asylum 7, the 8, the 9, it kind of started off in like a joke, right? Where it was like, oh, we're going to make like um, like an 80 ring gauge. And then you guys made it. And then you guys made a joke for <laughs> April Fool's where it was like, we're going to do a 90 ring gauge. And everyone just thought it was April Fool's joke. And then was it you or Christian or someone who was like, no, like let, let's legit, let's actually make like a 9 inch by 90. And you guys were like, yeah, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, it was, it, it, yeah, it's funny because, you know, obviously the seven series, when, you know, we, we started that series was uh, really not based. What I wanted with that cigar was to come out with something uh, celebratory for the big ring gauge smoker. You know, uh, you know, when most guys, they want to step up a level and, you know, celebrate a wedding or a birthday or a birth of a child or something, you know, and they want to go to a Padron uh, uh, or a, a Davidoff or a, a Fuente and Opus or, you know, something uh, on that level. Uh, the big ring gauge guy really never had that. So, you know, the, the real idea of launching that brand was to give uh, the big ring gauge smoker a celebratory cigar, something they can say, oh, we're going to celebrate. I'm willing to spend the money. And do that. And then we've always added the 1118 size, which is, uh, you know, uh, Christian's mother's birthday. Yep. And uh, so we, we've added that in. And then so we did the eight and then the nine, you know, we were doing the nine. And Raul in, in our market, our marketing guy had uh, a marketing. He put the post him and uh, William, our marketing people put a post on social media that said Asylum 990 coming soon. And then if you flip the page, it said April fools and uh, the hundreds of responses of say, you know, calling us out, you know, Hey, you pussies make it come on. We want it. <laughs> you know, like everything. They were just like, make it, make it, make it. So I looked at call Christian. I said, listen, let's make it. He's like, yeah, let's do it. So we just added it to the nine uh, series and that'll be shipping shortly sometime at the towards the end of this month in the next couple of weeks uh, the smaller sizes have shipped started shipping and now uh, the the 990s will will come out uh, the end of this month beginning of uh, November uh, they'll start arriving in the stores so it was <laughs> you know it really was a joke and you know we always thought okay we'll be good at with the 80 by 8 as our biggest cigar and then uh you know, our fans just came out and said, we want it in the pre-sale. We pre-sold them and they sold amazingly. So, you know, now I'm here contemplating our 10 year anniversary and uh, do we do a 10 by 100, you know? <laughs> so we'll see. We have, we haven't made that decision yet, but, uh, I think that'll be the end of the line. If we do do it <laughs> for, for big, I was going to say, if you go 10 by a hundred, it would be cool to see that. But then after that, it would be like you'd have to just draw the line and be like, we can't go any bigger. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, do so 20 by 200? That was one of my questions. One of my questions yeah. was how big do you go, right? Yeah. yeah it, and it is. We, how big is it before it becomes novelty, right? You know, where That's a great uh, point. we want people to enjoy them. You know, the, the ideas and you know, the response told us, yeah, let's make it. People will enjoy it and people want it. So, uh you know, here we are a few weeks away from it being into the marketplace. And, uh, you know, it was a pleasant surprise to really see uh, how many people really wanted it. And we get calls every day. How do I get them, you know, on our social media? Where do I get it? I want the 990. What store is going to carry it? And so uh, there's a great buzz around it. And, and you know, so we'll, we'll see next year if we step it up one more notch. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, another thing that, that comes to mind when- <laughs> You know, when we talk about these bigger cigars is, you know, especially with like the tax situation and all that stuff that's floating around. You talk about maybe going, you know, tax percentage by weight. You know, you guys are some of the first people to come to mind also. And that's in a kind of a negative way. So, you know, what in what way? I mean, there's really not much you guys could do to really combat that. You know, if worst case scenario, that was to go into play. You know, your prices would increase dramatically because of the weight of all those cigars. Um, yeah, like an 80, 80 by eight, I think will go up like $5 and 80 cents. Yeah. That's a lot. J- just intact. Yeah. It's a huge increase. So obviously this is not something we, we are fond of. Uh, you know, I was in DC last week doing a PCA event, 
uh, and got a good chance to, you know, they did the international summit that day and got, right. uh, uh, you know, got to spend the day with Scott Pierce and, and uh, Josh, uh, our lobbyist there with PCA and, and Greg Zimmerman, the uh, uh, president of PCA. Uh, and got to talk quite a bit about, you know, wh where does that stand? And, you know, right now it looks like uh, we, we're hoping it's not going to make it out of committee. They, they had some pretty good insight into thinking that uh, it, it, it's not going to fly. So we hope that's the case. You know, things can change. But, uh, yeah, that, that would be definitely, you know, and even a Robusto, you're looking at a 600 plus percent increase in tax. Right. Um, you know, two, two, two dollars and fifty cents a cigar. So, it, you know, it, it's a it's a large jump and I, I think a pretty big stretch by uh, our friend Dick Durbin, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, raise money through taxation of, of tobacco again. You know, it's like, how much can we be taxed? How much more can they take from us before uh, we're we don't exist? Right. No, it's and it's a great argument because it's like you just basically you're playing this game of just trying to tax someone until till the you know, you really tax them out of business in a sense where the taxes are just too high for for them to to really be competitive or make any money off of their products. Uh, and that's a danger. That obviously, you know, we we're always thinking about with the cigar industries, considering there is such a huge target on our back. Uh, and that's why we you know we stress so much about supporting PCA and CRA and all those organizations because, I mean, that's why they're there. I mean, they're there to help try and stop that. That's the front um, to try and protect that so that you don't see, you know, your favorite cigar maybe go up, you know, $5 and change because um, that, yeah, that's scary. Tax, you know. Yeah, and, that, yeah, yeah, and that's just tax. That, and that's on top of the inflation and, uh, you know, operating costs. You know, I know for anyone who follows, like we were talking about this before, Steve Saka uh, on, on social media, you know, he made a really great post today about – you know how you know things are going to go up, and you know prices are going to go up, um, taxes and stuff that you know they're, they we just talked about that are threatening to go into play, and just you know shortages on stuff, shortages on staff. Uh, I know you know as a manufacturer, and you can speak to this a little bit more yourself. You know we kind of got into it a little bit before, but you know in the last year, ever since this pandemic started, it has been a roller coaster. But I mean, you guys are probably you know the the demand is higher. And the production's lower, and, and, and there's there's so many variables right now. Tell us a little bit from your standpoint just how this last year has really been and where do you see it going next year? You know, I, I think, you know, we're going to stay in this pattern right now. You know, when we look at, you know, we're, we're looking at demand through through the pandemic and, and the COVID, and we're seeing, you know, people are at home. People are not going out to dinner as much. So the expendable cash on, on products like ours uh, exist. And, uh, you know, when you, you know, like you had mentioned that uh, demand is up and production is down. But the reality is production is up too. You know, even with the uh, lack of rollers, because you just can't, there's nobody to employ in Esteli, Nicaragua anymore. You know, that right. you've had hundreds of thousands of people leave the country uh same as honduras um and you know they're in these small mountain villages you know there's uh, and the growth of esteli over the last 13 years since 2008 is huge the amount of factories from 2008 to 2021 it's probably went up tenfold right and so there's just nobody else to work there i mean there's not even people to train you can only bus out so far and pull people in and we're feeling those effects in, in, in Dan Lee and Honduras now. And uh, so, but our production is up, you know, we're, we're making more cigars. We, we still can't meet the demand. And, you know, I think the real issue we'll see in, in, in the next year or so is going to be the, the raw material. You know, you can only plan for so long it, 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 or, you know, you can plan for 20% year over year, but, you're doing that three years in advance. So you're already planning for 60% more tobacco in three years. Right. And then you, you add a pandemic that grows your business 45, 50%, two years in a row. And now you just couldn't plan for that. Right. So, you know, now we can plant more tobacco. We're very fortunate to be a vertical company. We grow a lot of our own tobacco. Uh, but, it, you know, we have to take a lot of capital and invest in more tobacco, invest in, you know, whether we're using 
San Andreas Maduro or, or Connecticut Broadleaf or whatever wrappers we're using uh, that we don't grow, we have to buy a lot more of that. So it takes a lot of the upfront capital. And I think in the near future, you know, the, the biggest threat is just raw material, you know, to be able to have and put out the same quality and the same uh, cigar consistently is raw material could definitely run into uh, the issue as much as rollers, uh, you know, as the issue sits today. It's just labor. Now, I know a lot of uh, people were talking about it last year and kind of the height of like the pandemic in the beginning, um, especially when things were a little bit more shut down and uh, the boom, this this pandemic cigar boom really first began to rise. Um, and we've already begun to see it, but, you know, there was talk of, you know, cigar shortage just because of you know, all these things that we just talked about. Do you see the possibility of a, a much bigger shortage maybe in the next year or so, just after everything that was already had and everything that was harvested this year was, you know, made and gotten out and, and you, and you kind of deplete what you already had. And you know, like you said, you invest in tobaccos, but those tobaccos might not be ready you know, for a little while, by the time they grow and they ferment and then they age and you roll them and age and all that whole, by the time it actually gets to the retailer, that, I mean, you're talking, that's a lot of time, you know, could we be yeah. seeing as a manufacturer where, Hey, like I, I just, I have nothing to give you because we, we sold everything and everything else is, is waiting. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a real possibility for, for some people, you know, if, if you know, we're again, fortunate to be a vertical company and grow a lot of our own tobacco, but, uh, for some of these other smaller companies that buy their tobacco for somewhere else or have somebody else roll it, uh, you know, companies are going to start keeping tobacco for themselves. Companies that would sell some of their tobacco before or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I definitely could see a, a pinch happening and the large companies are listen, growing and buying tobacco and, and preparing. And uh, so, if you don't have the, the, the capital to do it or, you know, or just the means to, to constantly have consistent tobacco. Uh, yeah. I do see that being an, a possible issue for, for people in the future without a doubt. Well, I think on that note, I want to get into our new, <coughs> new segment because I have something that's kind of related in our new segment um, this week, which is brought to you by McAuliffe cigars, McAuliffe cigars. If you head over to McAuliffe you can sign up to become an official ambassador uh, get your ambassador coin, your ambassador number, and while you're at it, pick up a McAuliffe tasting passport. You can spoke through the McAuliffe catalog, turn it back in for a chance to win some great prizes. Uh, this week, an interesting story was announced. Um, anybody who's a fan of Arturo Fuente, uh, a Fuente announced that they will be delaying the October slated release for the Rare Pink collection, which uh, goes to benefit breast cancer. And $13 from every box sold of the Rare Pinks goes towards... Um, breast cancer research and uh this was due to uh, a lot of different things that we just talked about including you know just um inaccessible uh, materials and stuff like that uh and which they have said you know hey we're still going to get these out uh but we're not going to be able to make this deadline so i mean here we are right here again now we're seeing this this is another company with another cigar hey we can't get this to you like we said it's still coming but we we're working with challenges right now um, the interesting twist to this story, though, uh, which you can read about at SmokingTobacco.com, is for the first time ever, they will be shipping the Casa Fuente, uh, which, if you don't know what that is, that is the house cigar from Casa Fuente, the retail store and lounge uh, at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, which any any cigar smoker has ever been to Vegas, you know, and if you've ever been there, if you're a Fuente fan, that's a huge deal. Um, it's the only place in the world you can usually get them with the exception of sometimes some of them are available at special, uh, Fuente supported charities and, and, and raffles and stuff that they do for charity. Uh, you can get them, but for the most part, you can only get them at that store and they don't ship online and anything like that. So you're going to be seeing the Casa Fuente cigars available at retailers all around the country. I believe by this week, uh, end of this week, beginning of next week, um, instead of the rare pinks that were originally supposed to go out. So, um, you know, I just, I, right here, I, I grabbed this story. I, I figured, you know, this obviously this ties into what we're talking about. You know, you're, you're already seeing it. And, and Fuente is a big company too. They've been around a long time. So for even for them to have a cigar uh, release where they're like, it's, it's, we're just not going to get it on time. 
Um, it's not just for the little guys. You know, all the big guys. Are, this is this is something that is really affecting everybody. Yeah, I mean, for sure, right? I mean, they're a great company. The, the Fuentes are uh, first-class family and, and people and make great products. And, and, you know, just like us, you know, their demand has went up through all of this. And, and uh, the same things, you know, you can prepare for so much growth, but sometimes you just can't prepare for this kind of thing. Right, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, this whole it happens so quickly too and it happens so suddenly and you know like you said there was, there was really no time to prepare it wasn't the steady increase where you're like wow we're seeing a lot more growth and we should start it just kind of went right up and then it was like shit what do we do um you know yeah absolutely amazing it was you know because those first couple months where the retail shops were closed down and or you know they were just cash and carry you know at the door uh uh, curbside pickup type stuff and and uh and then all of a sudden you see it kind of open up and, and it was just like holy smokes like uh you know you're you're having your best month over best month over best month uh month after month and and uh you know it it has been a real strain on on the supply chain obviously supply chain just you know even today you know we, we have uh, shipments ready to come in and, and they can't get them to us. They're like, there's no room on the plane. We, it, it won't ship for, you know, it's not a long period, but an extra three or four days now before the next shipments can come in when they were supposed to be in this week. And we won't see it till next week. So it creates again, a miss and turns, you know, just those three or four days uh, is loss of business. On a, on a related note though, right? So similar to, to what Matt was just same topic, right? The Fuente delay. Is that has is that imp, what we just talked about, right? The 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 issue with the resources, everything really related to the last year and a half or so. Is that significantly impacting you know your sales strategy and release strategy? I know you just said a few days here and there for certain things, but you know overall over the course of the next six to twelve months, has that really pushed things out for you? Uh, you know what it's done for us is is obviously the production in Nicaragua is slower for us. Um, you know, Honduras, we're up quite a bit. We're adding more rollers. We're doing everything we can there to, to supplement. Uh, but, you know, when we're talking about new products for next year, absolutely. You know, do we really want to add new products or do we just need we need to focus? You know, we'll do the 10. But outside of that, we really don't have a lot in the works or even talking about it uh, just because we've got to supply what we can right now. You know, right. so it absolutely, I think, has uh, an impact on new products and, and, and things like that and, and being creative because, you know, uh, the, the simple fact is we've got to get out what is on back order now. So, uh, yeah, I think you'll see a slow in new products uh, just for that reason. You know, we want to focus on what we have now and really focus on getting uh what is already ordered into the marketplace and, and getting caught up and, and making sure our customers are supplied the best we can. Now, obviously, you know, you go uh, in, in all of this that's happening, you know, you see a lot of manufacturers maybe not releasing anything new, but there's also a fair amount of new stuff coming out. You know, like, you know, we talked about, you know, the nine, the Asylum nines coming out and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, how, in a place where you're already trying to get caught up with everything you already have, um, you know, just how much more of a challenge is that, make releasing something new in the middle of that too because i can imagine that makes that even harder to try and debut something new while you're also just trying to keep everyone else above water yeah it it, it really does you know and obviously you go in with the plans and and uh to to create new products and and obviously like pca this year the pca exclusives we had an aroa and an asylum uh in both of those so, you know, when you look at just, uh, you know, raw materials, we're fine on. And then we look at rolling and, you know, we're getting them out. But you also got to look at production, the box factory. You know, we have our own box factory. Well, when you have three new blends and three new boxes that you got to produce thousands and thousands of boxes for, now your box factory is kind of switching gears and getting these done. And now you don't have boxes for the other stuff. Right. So there's a bunch of roadblocks and stops. You know, you, you manage it. We juggle it the best we can. And, you know, we'll, we'll stop production of this to get this caught up. And then we'll 
you know, go back to the seven seventies and then the ogres are, are back ordered. So we focus on ogres for a little while to get that caught up. So it's just kind of always a, a, a constant kind of juggling and really uh, managing the back order. You know, uh, we're almost having to work, work off of that number. Wow. You know, you, you mentioned the PCA and it, it always seems to come up. Um, and, and this kind of ties a little bit to the, the boom question, right? So, you know, from your perspective, being at, on, at, on the trade show floor, did you find that there were like, and I don't, I don't really know the answer to this because I think you're the first person I've actually asked this question of. So I'm not putting you on the spot, but I am. Um, <laughs> did you find that there were more retail, new retailers um, on the floor, you know, seeking to, to open accounts than in the past as part of this side effect of the boom? That's a great question. Yeah, I, I definitely thought there were, you know, obviously attendance was down to the traditional number. Yeah, that's why but I worded I, it that way. Yeah. Well, what I can tell you is that the people who came and supported the PCA uh, were enthusiastic, excited to be there, to be a part of the, the trade show and the organization. Uh, they were all over the PCA exclusives to really support PCA and support our business. So as attendance was down, I get because some trade shows got pushed closer together like TPE and those things. Uh, so people made a decision to go to one or the other. But uh, the attendance that came came to buy, they were business like. And uh, we did have quite a few new people, you know, and we've stopped opening new accounts. Uh, you know, we, we have decided, you know, on the Nicaraguan side for a while, uh, no new accounts with Nicaraguan products, but we had production of Honduran products. So we just tell them, listen, you, you can open the account, but this is all we can provide you with because we've got to take care of the customers we already have right. on, the, you know, the 70s and the ogres and that kind of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we had... I don't quote me on the number, but I think we had over 35 new accounts open at the show this year uh, that came and, and showed interest and, and were very willing and in, in to accept, you know, the situation that we're in. So, uh, you know, from my standpoint, the customers, uh, you know, were fantastic. I mean, the, the, the energy at the trade show and the excitement about the PCAs, the appreciation uh, of us being there, uh, was awesome. And, and, you know, I can't say enough how much we appreciate, uh, you know, all of our consumers and, and customers, but for the brick and mortars that, that showed up and, and they came and they, they, they came to support the people there. And it was a fantastic show for us. Oh, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt like, um, you know, I mean, I was at PCA, um, you know, you guys had a, a great booth, um, you know, with Asylum and CLE and you and Christian were both there and Raul was there. Um, you know, we had some one-on-one -on -one time with, with Christian. We did an interview. Um, we didn't get a chance to sit down with you, but, uh, you guys were just busy. I mean, I, I felt like while attendance was down, the biggest takeaway for me was the people who did come, they came to, they came to play, you know, they came with money, they came to spend it. Yeah. Um, and I just remember going through a lot of the booths and while it was a smaller footprint, it was a smaller show, what was there was still busy. And it was like, you know, I went through your booth and uh, so many other booths and, you know, that's half the reason why, you know, we didn't really even get a chance to talk to you. I mean, you were just, you guys were cranking, you know, you guys were, yeah. there was a lot of people who were just showing a lot of interest and, and that CLE Asylum booth was, was, was pretty busy for the most part, most of the show, which I thought was, was, was a great thing to see. Yeah, we, you know, you go into these things and, and you know, we're not sure what's going to happen with with uh, people's buying abilities and who's attending and all that. Uh, so we were very pleasantly surprised uh, at, at the, the, the retailers that came and, and, and supported us and supported the PCA. And, uh, it, you know, again, the smaller footprint, it, it, it was a nice... Uh, kind of reset of the trade show in a way you know where it, like the great arms race of who's gonna have the biggest booth and the you know yeah 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 who can create this, this biggest monstrosity uh really didn't exist there this year it was just 
true tobacconists and, and manufacturers that are doing business on uh, on uh, a very personal level and trying to do the best they can for our industry and, and for ourselves. You know, so it was. Uh, I, I I thought it was a great show. Absolutely, I I would agree. Uh, you know, so we shift away uh, from all that. You know, we I want to make sure we get into um, some of your your other cigars as well, and not and not just the big stuff. Uh, as fun as that is, um, you know, obviously you guys have Asylum has a lot of other cigars, and obviously that are not a massive size, as we mentioned before. Uh, one in particular, <laughs> yeah. one in particular that I've, I've enjoyed, um, which I believe is newer to the market. I'm not going to say new, but newer. Um, and you mentioned it before was the uh, Medulla Oblongata. Um, yeah, that came out. I want to say, oof, don't shoot me. Was it two years ago? No, I well, I think the original the Corojo was four years ago, and then the Maduro was three years ago. Ah, okay. Um, that that yeah, was... it gets kind of confusing with COVID, right? Like it's I know like a year skips. So yeah, yeah, it's almost like you know the joke you know in the house was kind of like it was the 2020 was the year that never happened, um, and I think it just everyone just glazed over it back to 20, 2021 when everything started to happen again. So it's just kind of yeah. went like 18, 19, 21. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, maybe, yeah, I can't believe it's already been that long. Um, but, yeah, no, that was a cigar that I've enjoyed. And, and it was nice because it was, it was different. You know, it was, it was an asylum, smaller cigar. It was a fun smoke. Um, and, you, and you guys have had a bunch of stuff like that. You guys have the, uh, the Insidious, I believe, that you guys yeah. came out with. Um, where do you, uh, where do you guys? Well, first of all, I have to ask. Where do you guys come up with these names? Uh, aside from the whole asylum theme, it's just like where, where do they? I mean, the medulla. The first, you know, to be honest, when I heard medulla oblongata, the first thing I thought of was uh, that scene in the Water Boy. With... It's one hundred percent from that. You know, Chris, <laughs> huge, huge, huge movie buff, right? He loves movies, and, and so you know, that's the nice part about asylum. We're so flexible, right? And, and you know, again. The, the true meaning and what we try and do is always about where we go to find that place to relax and, and go. But we like to have fun with the names, you know, we have the schizos and, you know, the, uh, like the nectophilia, you know, and that we, we just, we really look through these names in, in like medical books and, and just kind of come <laughs> up with them. And Christian keeps a huge list, right? Like Christian puts everything in his phone. He's got a list that he goes to. And uh, so we're always trying to find the list and, and look at what the, what uh, what's going to really fit the, the personality of the cigar, you know. So like the Nectophilia was funny just because it was, you know, it's an all Maduro cigar. So Nectophilia means uh, a pension for the dark. So it's all dark cigar, binder, wrapper, filler. So it really fit the name very well. Uh, you know, and then Insidious is a, an Asylum brand, but we wanted that to kind of be its own thing. So we don't really call it Asylum. It's just Insidious on its own. Uh, you know, and that's, you know, the Sweet Cap Cigar that we've made for many, many years. Uh, you know, when we had Camacho, we had the Backrat. And uh, so we thought, you know, it's a great first time cigar we've got to be in that marketplace and um you know and the medulla oblongata was strictly <laughs> straight from the water boy you know christian <laughs> uh loved it and with the two you know the 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 box pressed in the round together it just, it just kind of fit perfectly so now there's another cigar that uh debuted recently that i thought was pretty cool and that was the uh the big time tommy that came out yeah uh yeah. tell me tell me a little bit more about how did that come to be so, you know, a number of years ago, Tommy's cousin Sal was on uh, America's Got Talent. And, you know, we're, you watch the show and people start sending me, hey, there's this guy standing on the side of the stage, right? And you got Tommy, this big Italian guy, and he's got his black leather jacket on. But the whole time, he's got his Asylum 770. So... You know, we say, okay, well, you got to find this guy and send them, you know, just send them some cigars to say thank you for promoting our brand without promoting our brand, you know. And right. Uh, so, you know, I was in uh, Long Island and we were at Matador, which was a shop he used to hang out at quite a bit. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, he's not here. But so we were trying to hook up. And then uh, I was with Vincent at Delray Beach, the smoking in Delray Beach, Florida. And Vincent's like, 
I'm great friends with Tommy. Let's call him right now. So he calls Tommy, he puts me on the phone, and he, he looks at me, he just, he says, I've been waiting for your call. And I said, <laughs> okay, what do you want to do, Tommy? He's like, listen, I want to do my own brand with you guys. I've been waiting for you guys. So we sat down and, and, and talked with Tommy and, and uh, you know, put a bunch of blends together and send them to him and let him pick what he wanted. And, you know, Raul did the artwork. And, and so it's, uh, you know, he's a great guy. We, we have a lot of fun with Tommy. And, uh, you know, obviously I feel bad right now because the shortage of cigars and, and rollers. I'm trying to get him more cigars because they're selling really well for us. And, uh, but yeah, it was just kind of, we saw him on America's Got Talent. I wanted to reach out to him and it took me almost two years to actually finally get a phone conversation with him. And right away we hit it off and, uh, you know, started working on the project and, uh, you know, fortunately we did the lunch, you know, uh, down at Delray beach at his buddy Vincent's place. And, and, uh, you know, and then we did the 660 launch at two guys. We did the uh, events at all three stores, at three of the stores to launch the 660. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I caught those launches. I thought it was pretty cool, and uh, I haven't had a chance to smoke the cigar yet myself. But um, you know, I, I know that one was a uh, a newer one too. That that's been pretty popular lately. So uh, I wanted to definitely definitely ask about that. And uh, he just he's a funny guy. He, he definitely seems like a great guy to just hang out with. Uh, and, and be around too, and, and he just seems like he really fits that persona of like asylum. <laughs> he's like he's a great, like you said, he's like promoting. He's promoting <laughs> yeah. the brand without like officially promoting it. It's like, well, you know, he fits. He fit and he fits so well. You know, he's he's a great face for it. Yeah, he, you know, he's been fantastic, and and you know, Tommy was. Uh, you know, I've got to obviously travel with him a little bit and do some events with him, and you know, he's excited about the brand, and you know. It's funny because I didn't know a lot about him. You know, the, the, he was, you know, did the show with, with his cousin and, and, and created the buzz. And then he turned, he had a show. Uh, I forget what the name of the show was, but he had a show uh, like a used car lot in New York. And I'm like Discovery or one of the channels. And, and so he had built up a pretty good following. And I remember I would be, you know, my fiance, Tina, lives in Canada. And uh, she's got three boys and I me- we'd be like at, at her house and, you know, they grew up her, their, their dad, Rob is from New York. And so they would always be saying, take it easy or, you know, one of his kind of sayings that I'm like, I didn't know what they were talking about. And they're like, Oh, it's this big time Tommy guy. We love him. You know, they always watch his, his Instagram or whatever. And, and uh, so it was funny. And then the next thing you know, I'm like, Hey, that guy smokes my cigars. And, and it was kind of funny that, uh, you know, they followed him for a long time and they, they followed Tommy and, and we got a chance to, uh, actually do a cigar with the guy, you know, he's got a great following on Instagram and, uh, and, uh, you know, he's just, a, he's a good promoter and promoting the brand. And so we're, we're very, uh, we're glad to have him as part of our family here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's time. Uh, for our top three segment, uh, which is once again brought to you by Room 101 Brands. Room 101 is not just cigars. It's a lifestyle. Um, head over to room101brands.com and check out all the great masterpieces that Matt Booth and his team have created. And while you're at it, check out Room 101 Cigars. They surely won't disappoint, and you will be enchanted at first light. Um, this week, the topic is going to be top three cars. Now, I'm a car guy. I know Nelson's a car guy. Tom, you a car guy at all? I, I like cars. I'm more of a truck guy, so uh, All right. I like big trucks. Let's but, that uh, falls I'll into like the category. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that could, that's acceptable. I'll allow it. All right. So I'll let you go first. If you had to give me a top three vehicles, we'll just put a blanket statement on it. Vehicles. What would your top three be? All time can be anything you want. My, my top three. My number one is Eleanor. Yeah, that would probably be an number uh, one too. Sixty-seven Mustang. I, I absolutely love that car. Born and raised in Detroit, so the classic muscle car is something that, uh, you know, is just bred in me. Yeah. So I, I, I would take that. I, I think uh, my, my next choice would would probably be, you know, what I want. I like to tease Christian. I call him Italian trash, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, probably, you know, a, a Ferrari. You know, I, I love the Ferrari, the new ones. 
uh, like the 458s, the 488s are absolutely beautiful cars. And so one of those is on the list. And then, you know, for me, again, I'm a truck guy. So I like, uh, you know, I, I like big, big lifted trucks. And, and, and uh, so for me, you know, I, I, I used to be a Ford guy. Now I'm, I'm a GM guy, Chevy guy. So, I, you know, I, I have a big Chevy lifted truck, hillbilly, and, uh, but it's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. Nelson, what do you got? Well, since you opened up the door, um, I'm a truck guy as well, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna borrow from Tom as well. Uh, so my number three for me would be uh, a Ford F250 uh, Super Cab. I, I just I I have a Chevy Silverado, but if I could afford anything, uh, I'd I'd get I, the 350 is too big for me. I'm a short guy, but so I'd go with the two. I'd go with the 250. You know. It's it's a mini size. My second is actually Hold on, wait a minute. Hold on, wait, ahead, sorry. I, I we have to we we got to clarify though. Would you go Power Stroke or or gas? Like if you're gonna go? No, I'd go gas. I'd go gas. Really? You actually, no. You know what? You wouldn't go with the P Stroke? Yeah, I'd go gas. I'd go gas. No, I'd go gas. Interesting choice. <laughs> All right, continue. It's what I know. It's what I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, continue. Uh, number two would be a 1987 Grand National. So I'm I'm. I'm an '80s child, mm -hmm. and <laughs> I've always loved the Grand Nationals. They're just awesome, awesome-looking cars. I've I've always enjoyed them, and of course, to round it off, my number one. And it's funny, I was just showing this to my wife, and she's like, "No, you're not buying one." Um, <laughs> is a, a 1980 Cam Camaro with T-tops. Um, I've just always wanted to own one. And I thought it might be my midlife crisis, but my wife said no. So, <laughs> but my wife said you know, no. <laughs> so, sometimes it's easier to beg for forgiveness than ask permission. That's all. Yes, I'm say, you know? it's true, yes, sir. That's very Great true. Great advice. I'll just tell her Tom said so. <laughs> I I think for me, uh, I I would probably echo uh, the muscle cars with Tom. I love trucks too. I I have a um, I have a 2021 Silverado, uh, the Trail Boss edition. Uh, I love that truck so much, um, but I am a Mustang guy, and I also own a Mustang. Um, I would say, for me, my number, but I, I like Chevy and I like Ford. So it, it I know people are like it's got to be one or the other, but you know, screw you, I can do whatever I want. It's my show. Um, I like Chevy and Ford. So if I'm talking muscle cars, um, number three would probably be the '70 Chevelle SS. I mean, that's just if you know Great cars, choice. that's that's yeah. a classic. Um, number two is interesting because, uh, if I was to go something like really high end, like hypercar type, you know, I like the Lambos and the Ferraris and stuff like that. But if I was to really go all out and get something real fast and real fancy like that, I've always had an affinity for the Koenigsegg Regera R. Um, I, I, I always thought that was a, a pretty interesting car in, in the, uh, in the engineering that went into making it. I always loved that car. Uh, but number one, I'd probably all, I'd probably go Eleanor too. I mean, I'm a Mustang guy, so I mean, number one's gonna be a Shelby for me. Um, it, it's yeah. it's just, I, I I I can't say anything else. I mean, that's that's it for me. It's just a cool car. Oh, yeah, it's a cool car. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, how can you not? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. It's it's funny. So on my car, I actually I needed a I needed to replace the hood. Because uh, it was a there was a factory defect in the stock hoods, and my my car is actually pretty heavily modified too, um, and so I I was like, well, I was like, I kind of want to I want to just replace the whole hood. I want to go fiberglass, and I'm going to change the styling a little bit. And I remember looking at some of the the um, the Super Snake hoods with the double vent, um, and I liked that. But then I found the Eleanor style. Um, cowl hood, and I just remember being like, "Yeah, no, that's what I'm going with." And I actually, so I actually have that that Eleanor hood on my car, um, oh, wow. which I which I love too. It's just it's such a unique, and you don't see a lot of them too on on a lot of cars. Um, so I like how it make it makes my car look a little bit more unique. So I I, I definitely uh, yeah. I, I definitely I'm with you on that one, Tom, 100. Um, percent So did you do the six two or the five seven in the trail ball? Oh, uh, <laughs> oh shit! What did I do? I think I have the five seven. Yeah, I got the five seven. Yeah, I got the five seven, the LT. Um, yeah, I love that thing. I I love that thing. Yeah, I just bought one. I had a. Well, I used to have an F three fifty Power Stroke uh, <laughs> crew, crew cab. You know, lifted. It was an awesome <laughs> truck. And then, you know, I uh, I, I I switched. 
eventually to, I tried the GMC, I got one, and then I bought a Silverado from Christian. Christian had a, a Silverado, and he's like, I don't use it anymore. Just It was a 2018, so I bought it, and it was the 5.7, and then I, I was like, I'm going to lift it. So I was down in Miami for like three months, so I drove down. So we went. Christian's like, oh, come on, take it to this guy. So we started looking at it. And then I, he's like, you got to look at these things. Go to GM. And, they, and so I went to GM, and they actually send uh, the trucks out to a place called SCA in Trustville, Alabama. Hmm. And they do everything to it. So, like, uh, I have one. It's called the Rocky Ridge Edition. I traded mine in, and I got this Rocky Ridge Edition. It, it's a, uh, it's the Z, it's the Z seventy one RST. Yeah. Uh, but what they do to it is they, they put custom 22 inch rims. They put a six inch lift, a whole new front end. Oh, wow. All the interior, all the interior. They do the, the gauges in Rocky Ridge. They do wow. the exhaust. Um, they put a gun safe in the center console so I can carry oh, a pistol yeah. and lock it in there. <laughs> uh, you know, they got the light bars on it they, and all that stuff. So I mentioned, I, I just, about five months ago, I traded in the old truck and, and got the, the new one, the one that I really wanted. So I, I achieved my goal of my my truck. Now Christian just now Christian says, well, look, now you got to put headers and chip it and do all that stuff. I said, all right, I'll get when the warranty's almost up. I'll go. I'll do that stuff to it. Yeah, that that's where I'm at because my truck's still like. I mean, I'm a year out with it, so I'm like, it's still new. It's 2020, so I'm like, I'll wait till the warranty's over. So that way, you know, I can milk that in case I need it. But then once that's gone and I got no, I got nothing left to lose. Like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll start we'll start playing with that truck a little bit, modifying <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what was nice. You know, all they don't do any engine modification, but everything else uh, comes with the full factory warranty on the lift and everything. So right. buying it that way, right, right from them, was uh, just made it like an easy choice rather than me doing it to my old truck. I'm just like, all right, I'll just trade it in. They actually gave me more money than I paid for the truck uh, because trade-ins are so valuable right now. Oh, so I know. it worked out pretty good. That's really true. Really yeah. Well. Yeah, I mean, trade-ins are like gold right now because, I mean, they they can't even get new cars. So it's like, well, we got to get some used cars to sell. I mean, they, they need inventory <laughs> yeah. to stay open. So, um, you know, it, it, it's it's amazing you even got some. I know Carney, Carney actually just got a Trail Boss too because he was asking me about mine. Because I know he wanted a truck or whatever, and I was like, dude, you got to get one. I love this truck, whatever. And then he was like, all right, I ordered one. And then I think it was like a week ago he texted me, and he was like, it's here. And he was all excited. Um, so now he, he's part of the he's part of the big truck uh, crew too. So, uh, yeah, there we go. It's very fitting. He's a, he's a big guy, though. He needs a big truck. And I told him that. I'm like, you're, you're going you're gonna to want the, the comfortability. You need it. <laughs> and you know it's huge like the inside the the you know the four door the crew cab like there's so much room in that truck oh. it's, it's uh it's awesome yeah i mean for me i had a 18 silverado z71 i with the midnight package everything was black um and it was it was like it was an 18 it was a double cab though so it was it was the sh it was the shorter extended cab um yeah. and fortunately it got totaled in an accident so i had to you know on short notice uh, thankfully, it was just a lease, so I was it was it was actually easier for me to just close that out. Insurance, you know, took care of it and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I just went to the dealership, you know, last year, just as like the truck shortage and the vehicle shortage was starting to come about. And I just remember being like, I want something like I already had. And they're like, Well, they don't make that anymore, but they got the Trail Boss, and I only have one. So if you don't like it and you don't want it, like there's nothing I can do for you. And I was like, all right, well, let me see it. I remember seeing it. I was like, this is nicer than my last truck. And I was like, and it's a full crew cab, which is what I definitely wanted. And I was like, yeah, it's old. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're nice trucks. And I, and I loved it. I've loved it ever since. It's, it's, it's been great. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've, uh, we've had a good time here tonight. You know, I have to say, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about big cigars. Uh, not a lot on regular cigars, but uh, big cigars need love, too. Uh, as they say, <laughs> and this is the perfect time to do it. Uh, so I just, again, I want to thank both of you guys for being here with me tonight. I really appreciate it. Um, but before we go, anything else that, um, you know, you guys want to say while we're on the, while we're on the air, anything you guys want to promote, uh, Tom, I'll let you go first. You're our guest. Um, anything new, anything announcements you want to make on behalf of the company or whatever, the, the floor is yours. Yeah, just, uh, you know, the, the PCA exclusives, uh, the uh, Asylum PCA exclusives will be shipping here 
uh, shortly. So in the next couple of weeks, get out to your uh, favorite brick and mortar shop and uh, it's got to be a PCA member to get them. So uh, please support your PCA uh, retailers and the PCA and, and really get out there. Uh, you know, the taxation and the FDA issues, please, if you're listening, you know, take a short minute. You can go right to PCA's website and they'll do a, a letter right to your state senators and Congress people. Uh, make sure you're hitting those people and getting out there uh, and, and making your voice heard to protect our industry for the future. Very well said. Very well said. Thank you for that, Tom. Yeah. Nelson, what do you got? What's going on with Cigar Squad I over there? I, I do have one final uh, question for uh, for Tom. So Ooh, go right you know, ahead. I'm a big I'm a big Rojas fan, and you know he's the king of the small gauge, right? Yeah. So yeah. arguably, you're the king of the large gauge. So if we set up a smoke and tobacco, set up a celebrity boxing match to really determine the king of the gauges, would you be up for it? Yeah, I don't mind getting punched in the head once in a while. We can't have two kings. That's all I'm saying. We can't have. Two Wait, I I do have, I have another question for Tom. So while we're on this topic, uh, you guys have you guys ever done like a Lancero or anything small like that? Uh, we did. Yes, absolutely. The Asylum 13 Nicaragua. We did the 99 problems. Um. A few, yeah, that was probably five years ago. Christian hates Lanceros, right? He doesn't like doing Lanceros. Most people so. do. <laughs> we, we, it was funny because we're like, all right, so we decided to do the Lancero, and then Christian's like, but dude, we, we got to make a new box, and the, the box factory's already jammed up. So he said, well, what do we have that's seven inches, the 770? So he's down at the factory. He calls, he's like, well, 99 of them fit in a box. And I said, well, if they really like Lanceros, they'll buy a box of 99. So we called it 99 Problems and uh, and put that out. And then we did the Ogre Lancero uh, in a 30-count box. We kind of came back to reality and did the 30. But they, they sold fantastically. And a lot of people think they're still limited edition uh, or they were one time. But we still make them for the re retailers that want them. Uh, and then in the CLE lines, we've done like the Aroa uh, Classic um, – We've done some shop uh, shop exclusives. We did it for Spring Street, and uh, you know we did the uh, the Aroa Classic. And actually, that's my next cigar I got here is a uh, the CBT Lancero. So oh, I'm there here at uh, the Cigar Club in, in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I had an event here tonight, and I told I said that I got to take some time away to uh, do a show tonight. But they gave me they're like here, smoke one of these. So. We, we do have a few Lanceros in the mix. <laughs> All right, so there you've, you've heard it then. In case you didn't know, and I actually I wasn't fully aware myself. I wanted to be sure. There's your answer. They also do they do the smaller stuff too. So it's not just the big cigars. They go from you know the real skinny stuff, the Lanceros, all the way up to the the nine by ninety and and maybe yeah. maybe a ten by a hundred. Well, I'll have to wait another year and find out. <laughs> so yeah. We're going to have to ponder that one a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll be waiting on April Fool's Day for the official announcement. Um, <laughs> I think that's Call how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Raul, we'll make it happen. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you both again for being here with us. Uh, thank you for watching here live at the J.C. Newman Cigar Studios. And uh, as always, don't forget to like, subscribe. Everywhere podcasts can be found as well as on Facebook and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. We will see you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks.